0: Before we get into this episode, I just want to say a big thank you to our supporters, Festival Republic. You've probably spent a weekend in a field with them at some point. They put on some of the UK's best known festivals. They're also leading when it comes to sustainability. This year, they're collaborating with Music Declares Emergency to transition their event power to grid energy and are displaying the carbon footprint of the food on sale. They've already switched single use plastic bottles to those made from recycled materials, brought in deposit return schemes for cups and are zero waste to landfill. They're actively engaged in greening the music industry through Vision 2025, a body bringing outdoor events and climate goals together. Sounds Like a Plan is all about ideas and solutions, so it made sense to me to team up with one of the most proactive festival organisers out there. This summer they're putting on two amazing events at Gunnersbury Park London. Rex Orange County plays a headline show on August the 13th, and on August the 20th Rufus DeSoul, John Hopkins and some other incredible names will join forces for a day of top tier electronic music. Tickets are available now. Head to ticketmaster.co.uk to get yours. That's ticketmaster.co.uk. So Big Up Festival Republic for their support and their essential work. They say their job is to preserve the live music experience for generations to come. And that is something that we can all get behind. Hello and welcome to Sounds Like a Plan, a podcast all about how the music world is taking action in the climate crisis. I'm Greg Cochran, a journalist and podcaster.
1: And I'm Faye Milton, a musician, producer and co-founder of Music Declares Emergency.
0: And we've reached the final episode of this current series of the podcast. So we're taking a moment to catch our breath and talk about some of the topics, guests and action that we've introduced so far in 2022.
1: It's been an eventful time for music and climate action and we'll also be grabbing our crystal
0: ball to look forward to see what's to come. Yep. So let's get into the podcast. Here we are then, Faye. We have reached the final episode of series three of Sounds Like a Plan. I've got my sad face on here. Faye, how, how are you feeling about that?
1: Yeah, what's well, an amazing series. I guess today we'll go through some of our favourite moments.
0: Mm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we, we've basically been meeting up here online every week for the past almost three months to bring you what we hope have been some really enjoyable and inspiring and actionable episodes the idea with sounds like a plan is always to try and bring you something different every time we make a podcast and there are so many ways that the music world is responding to the climate crisis so many voices and ideas and corners to explore about what's going on we started this podcast in spring 2021 that's why i had to revisit that to remember when it was but we started it because we felt like there were lots of people and there were lots of ideas and organizations that we wanted to create a platform for uh, and share what's going on and i reckon in the time that we've been doing this more and more have continued to pop up which is quite a cause for optimism do, do you think
1: yeah, absolutely. And every single conversation we've had, I've left feeling optimistic
0: and positive, and mm.
1: understanding a bit more about solutions in in areas we didn't necessarily know about before.
0: And Faye, on this season-ending episode, I want to do a couple of things. Um, mm-hmm. Every time we make an episode, we tend to record it and we share it, and we crash on with the planning and the making of the next one. So I thought it'd be nice just to reflect a little bit on what we've heard during the past nine podcasts. We've had eleven different guests on on this series, and talk a little bit about about how it connects together because we rarely have the sort of time to be able to reflect and talk a little bit about that. And secondly, I want to talk a little bit about what's coming up later this year so people can feel plugged into what's happening in the months to come. Before we do anything, we would love to hear from you. We're on social media. You can also contact us on email. We're Sounds Like a Plan podcast on Instagram and we're Sounds Like a Plan podcast at gmail.com. I'll also stick that information in the show notes below where you are listening to this. Some of you have been in touch before this last episode that we're recording. I just want to read a few comments actually about this series. We had. Viaduct Arts said, uh, doing my best to make climate-focused art, music and activism sexy, just as Aurora said. <laughs> <laughs> that was one, that was one of my favourite moments yeah. from the Aurora episode. Tomorrow's Ultra Beam on Instagram uh, messages saying, thanks for your work and this great podcast. And they enjoyed the Max Richter and Julia Marr episode as well as Aurora, which we shared last time out. As you listen to this, let us know if there have been any particular guests or moments or themes that have really resonated with you. Maybe we haven't touched on something yet and you think that we should, um, let us know. Maybe that's an area that you work in or something that you'd like us to explore in a little bit more detail. Do give us a shout. Faye, have you got any broad reflections on this series of the podcast and how maybe it's felt different to any of the ones that we've done before?
1: Something I've discovered is that I'm an enormous energy geek because Tim Benson was amazing talking about everything around energy generation from humans and that just absolutely blew my mind. But as an overall feeling... It just feels like there's so many different pathways to positive action and there's so many mm. people doing things and just see, looking at their space with their particular set of skills and strengths and deciding what they can do in their area. Um, so yeah, it's been so so vast and so varied, this this version. We went from food through electricity <laughs> to studios <laughs> to <laughs> spirituality. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's been a, a wild ride, I think.
0: Yeah, it might be helpful if we just recap who we've spoken to just for listeners. If anybody's missed some of these episodes and wants to go back and check them out. On the first episode, we welcomed uh, Nikki Hawkins from OnRoad Media, who's a communications specialist discussing the role of storytelling and framing to really ignite meaningful engagement and action from people on climate. We heard from Professor Ed Hawkins, the world famous climate scientist, talking about his warming stripes visualisation, making science connect with audiences and collaborating with different artists, including the likes of... Enter Shikari and Emily Sanday. Ed was obviously a lead author on the IPCC report as well, which came out whilst we were making this series. Jasper Awani joined us on episode 3, aka Deal Raphael Jaspy, talking about his frontline music and climate action work in Uganda with the Lango Indigenous Hip Hop Project. Absolutely loved that. Nick Mulvey joined us on Earth Day to talk about connectivity, spirituality and well-being. Loved speaking to the artist Pippa Miller and the vegan chef Rachel Ammer on episode 5. That was a really fun one, spreading the word about vegan food via live music jake taylor was with us from in hearts wake a mr thrivalist uh, on the making of green is the new black which is a documentary film about his band and how they made a carbon neutral album and the climate action going on broadly in australian music community tim benson like you just mentioned there faye came on he's Coldplay's energy consultant and he was discussing live events and clean energy as well as what the helikinetic dance floor is. We heard from Max Richter and Yulia Marr on episode 8 on the creation of Studio Richter Marr which is their carbon negative multi-art space in Oxfordshire. Not only super cool but a blueprint, green print I heard somebody use the term the other day for a low impact and um, building sort of facilitating art creation and oh I need to take a deep breath here. So many. <laughs> Aurora, a super impactful conversation with a world famous singer about nature, activism and the type of world that she would like to be writing music about in 10 years time. That was the quick version of the guest that we on <laughs> yeah. this podcast and it wasn't quick at all. Obviously please do scroll back wherever you listen to this and check out any of those that you missed. Faye, now I know that you always say I can't choose because all the podcasts are like your children. <laughs> Apart from Tim Benson who you've already mentioned are there any particular episodes from this run that really stood out for you?
1: It was brilliant speaking to Aurora firstly because Mm. we met in person which is such a treat in this crazy modern digital world that we're in so we all sat Mm. in a room and talked like real human beings in 3D and that was completely brilliant but on top of that what a great speaker and inspiring playful fun person to be talking about such heavy issues with so That was obviously a favourite. And then, wow, I don't know, um, Ed Hawkins. I mean, he's Mm, mm. just such the real deal when it comes to climate science. So it felt very, it felt like a huge privilege to have him on the show because he's from a different world in some senses. And Mm. it just crosses over through this creative, the climate stripes that he's created, which is that blue to red artwork that our listeners may have seen around. Having a scientist into our music space, it felt really special.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And it gave me hope. Not only was Ed Hawkins a great communicator, which, as I said at the time, you don't always kind of assume when you're speaking to somebody who has vast kind of technical knowledge on the subject. But also, if Ed Hawkins, who's one of the lead authors on the IPCC report, can kind of have hope about the situation we're in, then then I think we all can, because Otherwise he would be giving us false hope, which I'm sure he isn't. So that I'd left that episode feeling not reassured in the sense that like, oh, we've got this, but reassured that somebody who really, really knows the subject inside out is saying, There's still time, we can do this and that yeah. it's really important. And their validation and Ed's validation of saying, like, it's really important that you know, the science world reaches across to the arts community, to the music world, wh- wherever that might be, to try and sort of um, to embed that message of urgency. I thought that was really, really interesting.
1: Absolutely, and we often talk about what can governments do and what can um, corporations do, etc. Which is obviously the mm. the most important thing, as they have they hold the most power. But also, Ed was talking about how. Every single time we take a decision where maybe we walk or use public transport instead of driving or we, Mm. you know, take whatever decision it is, maybe to eat vegan for a day rather than to eat beef or meat all of those emissions that we save are emissions that are not going into the atmosphere. It's It feels like a huge pool, but it's a huge pool of, of emissions made up from everyone's
0: individual choices. And what about in terms of the, the commonality between these people that we've heard from on, on this series of the podcast? Because with Music Declares Emergency, you're all about kind of galvanising the the music community. You've, you've you know, you've got, Um, thousands of people signed up and 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 lots of them are artists and it feels like a network and a community and people kind of in a place in a hub that they can kind of get information and and access each other but when you look at this list of people that we've spoken to some of them might know each other but a lot of them won't so i guess i'm interested to get your take on what you think kind of brings them together and how we talk so much about how the climate emergency needs a communal response from different people so how do we bring apart from collecting them together on a podcast series <laughs> how do we bring those people together do you think
1: movement forming it does revolve around having shared uh, language and shared words and that can take the form of a hashtag or it can take the form of ways in which we talk about things so having a shared language of, of how we discuss things is definitely one way to bring people together
0: what's nice is that i know that for example now that we spoke to Jake Taylor from Greenhouse Wake, who's made an amazing documentary about making like a carbon neutral album with his band, via doing the podcast, he's been introduced to the studio that Max Richter and Julia Marr have built in Oxfordshire and he wants to do a similar project in Southern Australia. And you just sort of mm. think, that's great. That's kind of like, you know, you connect those people.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think sharing ideas is so important. Years and years ago, when I, I um, first got into climate change in uh, inverted mm. commas, I was went around and interviewed people whilst I was on tour mm. um about it, and I interviewed a NASA scientist when we were playing a show in uh, San Francisco. Mm. And he was just adamant that the sharing of ideas and sort of using the hive mind of the world to solve this enormous global problem was really the key to finding the solutions. There's no one organization or one person who's got all of the solutions, mm. but working together, And the more people who are brought into that conversation and exchange ideas more and more and more, it just kind of speeds up exponentially and solutions will come out of that.
0: Yeah, yeah. Brilliantly put. When we were making series two of Zanzek Plan, which was in the autumn of 2021, the moment kind of like naturally lent itself to us talking about what was going on. It was in the run up to COP26, the, the UN climate conference that was happening here in the UK in Glasgow. There was, there was a lot kind of going on, this sort of natural momentum to tap into, if that makes sense. Mm. The first half of this year has been different. It feels like there's almost like kind of like the baton's been handed over to, I'm not quite sure who, but, you know, we've kind of, we're halfway through 2022. It's a different feeling, isn't it? Have you kind of felt like there's a, a sort of emphasis on us creating our own momentum a little bit more because there, there haven't been natural pegs to climb upon, if that makes sense?
1: I think it has to be a balance between consistently pushing and consistently talking about these issues but also using moments like COP conferences and Earth Day and all sorts of things that happen and using those moments to create momentum because it's very very difficult to have momentum all of the time. I'd be really interested to know if there's as much momentum around COP27 which is happening in November in Egypt Because it's not on home turf, it feels very sort of far away. Um, So it would be interesting to see whether we sort of gather all our resources around that. I think there was a sense of disappointment last year. Maybe there's just it it is more of a just constantly plugging away, talking about the issues, constantly making little changes yourself, big sort of systemic changes, keep hammering away trying to get those to happen, and then keep paying attention to our, our own lives and our own industries. So
0: on the subject of big moments or, or even just that idea of like kind of chip chip chipping away i think what was really interesting just a, a very recent example like moments of mass communication don't really come around that often and the way mm. that we obviously consume media is very on demand and then therefore quite fragmented so it's rare to have a moment of sort of mass community mass kind of Communal participation. And if you look back, those moments almost always come through sport or culture when everybody's involved at the same time and when everybody's kind of watching the same thing, when everybody's having a similar conversation. What do we do in the UK when the Queen hits a milestone like the Platinum Jubilee? Well, we, we put on a massive gig, you know, we, we celebrate we do. with music. Exactly. And what I thought was really, really interesting this past weekend, obviously it's all been happening here in the UK, in London, the celebration of that. And during this concert on Saturday night, right in the middle of it, peak viewership, I think there were more than 12 million people in the UK watching it on TV, obviously lots more online. And afterwards, Prince William basically made a super focused, very single issue call out um, for more urgent action on climate Right in the middle of this gig, so loads of you know you'll have seen everybody will be familiar with like what happened and all the artists that were performing at this huge concert. And if you just sort of park any feelings you've got about um, the royal family or like that concert or whatever it might be, you know your taste in music and things like that, just the fact that basically this kind of big unifying moment for the country right in the centre of this musical event was a speech about climate change was a big moment and felt really significant to me I didn't see an awful lot of conversation about it afterwards but admittedly I wasn't really looking for it Um so maybe there was but a little bit of hope in the sense that there was this huge moment for the country that message would have got through it was very clear-minded and also music was the vehicle that it was supplied with yeah uh, which is, the sugar uh, which is, which is, which
1: is, with which the medicine was swallowed <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> exactly i really did think of nikki hawkins who we had on the first episode of this series that who's a communication specialist like talking about how we talk about climate change and i just thought that she would have certainly approved of that
1: on road media have also worked with the airshot prize and probably worked directly right. with prince william so let's say she she may have had a hand in in shaping that to some extent the thing i find fascinating greg as well is that On one end of the spectrum, you've got these young people who are really just, they don't have any power really in in the world, but they're using what they have, their bodies themselves, and putting themselves in directly in front of oil tankers or gluing themselves to things, locking on um, to stop oil from being produced and to try and just slow it down to also obviously send a massive statement. And then at the other end of the spectrum, you've got Prince William, who's got all of the resources in the world, and using that platform to say basically the same message. So you've got these two sort of massive ends of the power spectrum all saying the same message and you, we wonder at what point those who are actually pulling the levers in charge at what point what's the tipping point for them to mm. actually have to act. I don't I don't know the answer to that but it feels like it's probably quite close if we just keep on getting more and more voices and more and more people it's just there's no one who shouldn't be speaking about this you know it's 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 everyone's issue and good on him for using that platform
0: absolutely absolutely given we talked about like who we've had on this series and and what's been going on in the first half of this year how do you feel about the moment right now how are your energy levels how are your how is your (laughs) optimism versus your outrage and all those sort of things like right now in in sort of june 2022
1: how am i getting on well i'm tired i'm often tired because it's it's Mm. hard work trying to change the planet also feeling really optimistic the part of me that's outraged at the moment is just the kind of understanding of how the gender imbalance is really affecting how successful our climate talks are. Such a small proportion of females at COP26, it's looking like it might be even worse at COP27. It's about fair representation, etc., etc. Fine, whatever. I don't care. If it's successful, it's successful. It's just that those conferences are not successful and they need more Mm. female voices and female presence in the room to make them successful so I had a really interesting chat with she changes climate and some some members of that organization the other day and it really reminded me of how important it is to get more female voices heard I just think it's so vital to have that as part of our our wider climate conversations. I
0: completely 100% agree with you. And I think I've kind of got used to the feeling that I'm always going to be in two or three or four minds about what's going on. Hyper locally, like I feel really positive because every week we make a podcast speaking to people that are taking some form of action in Mm. the world of music and climate. So, you know, this season speaking to Jasper, Tim Benson and Pip and Rachel and Ed Hawkins, as we already mentioned that makes me really, really optimistic. And some of the campaigns that we talked about, like Earth Percent's Bandcamp project for Earth Day this year, that launched this year, the forthcoming overheated event, these all feel like markers and, and sort of help stoke that feeling that we're travelling in a positive direction. But then the bigger picture and the sort of global picture is, is tough, as you already mentioned. Mm. Sort of, It feels like some of the mountains are just getting steeper and steeper on, on that front. Obviously, The war currently happening in Ukraine has led to the exasperation of all sorts of crises, the energy crisis, the cost of living crisis, humanitarian crises. Understandably, these all feel like things that need our immediate attention. They're they're like today problems Mm. And rather than climate, which I think can sometimes feel like a tomorrow problem, even though it isn't. Um, And so in that sense, I feel worried because it feels like this sort of ticking clock in the background, this sort of slipping away of the opportunity. But that's just something that I've come to get used to, I think, of just understanding that I'm always going to have that sort of duality of, of, mm. of feelings on the subject.
1: Yeah, I, I really resonate with that, Greg. Sometimes you can be thinking like really positively and really negatively at the exact same time. <laughs> it's this kind, mm, mm. kind of never-ending kind of mindfuck, to be honest, if you don't, yeah. if you excuse and my the, language.
0: <laughs> and then they cancel each other out and you're just somewhere in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> you're just staring
1: into space in a daze.
0: It's great to talk about um, all of the brilliant guests and conversations and themes that we've, we've had on this series of the podcast, Faye. I wonder if we should look forward a little bit between now and when we will next join listeners, which we hope will be the start of the autumn. There is lots of imminent stuff going on that people should be aware of. Firstly, there's the announcement of the winner of the Environmental Music Prize in the next couple of weeks. That's the Australian prize that we've mentioned on the podcast a couple of times, which is all about amplifying the voices of artists who inspire action on climate and conservation. That's been really exciting to watch that launch this year. And also my feeling is that it's just going to get bigger and bigger over the years to come. If you want to go and check that out, it's environmentalmusicprize.com. It's also overheated at the O2 in London, which is an event being put on by Billie Eilish. I and mean, it's a collection of talks and workshops and panels. And there's, I think there's some screenings as well. Faye Music Declares Emergency going to be there. Um yes, absolutely. I don't know if it's going to be yourself or, or are you looking forward to being involved with that event? And that's significant as well that um, Billie and her team are putting on an event like that right
1: yeah absolutely there'll be a lot of people there who work in the climate music space it will be a really interesting event for sure and then Music Declares Emergency are going to be at the Eco Village at all of her gigs at the O2 giving people temporary tattoos that say no music on a dead planet
0: excellent I want you to get a permanent one
1: yeah (laughs) (laughs) we're also going to be at quite a lot of festivals different things at different festivals but the first one coming up is Glastonbury we also had loads of stuff up at Love Saves the Day and had loads of interaction for them that was over the weekend and yeah Glastonbury will have some massive artworks on display
0: yeah yeah and also the start of the Coldplay Music of the Spheres tour in Europe and the UK is happening in July so we finally get to
1: see oh there's your Coldplay (laughs) reference
0: (laughs) yep Um, so we finally get to see some of those sustainable innovations in action I'm sure we'll be talking about that on a future episode of the podcast I mean yeah other things quickly to mention on top of that in July it's 15 years since the Live Earth concert uh, in London and and other locations around the world, which is really, really interesting. I'm going to be doing some kind of writing on that, because I think that's an interesting moment to kind of reflect on. And as you already mentioned, Faye, COP27 is obviously the big one, the, the UN climate conference happening in Egypt in the autumn. So I think that's pretty much all from us on this episode of Sounds Like a Plan. Thank you to you, Faye. Thanks for putting up with my less than subtle attempts to crowbar Coldplay in (laughs) every opportunity. Thanks for all your insight and passion. Thank you to all of our guests and the people around them who made the conversations possible on this series. Full transparency, our next job is to try and get some funding to make some more of these podcasts. So if that's you, or if you have any ideas, do get in touch. We make this podcast totally independently. We love doing it, obviously. The hope is that we'll be meeting again later in the year In a couple of months time to talk about lots of the exciting music and climate action happening in the autumn so until then thank you to you all of our amazing listeners and we will hopefully be back with you in the not too distant future. Thanks for streaming this episode of Sounds Like a Plan. Faye Milton was your host, along with me, Greg Cochran. This podcast is made by New Allotment. You can find more about them at newallotment.com. And this episode was edited by Tim Cochran, with more info at timothycochran.com. Our theme music was created by lightandthunder.com, and the artwork is by Stuart Stubbs. Until the next time we're together, thanks for listening.